Welcome to the Kennedy Report. I'm Kennedy Hall. Today we're going to talk about Our Lady of Fatima and vaccine passports. Now, this is a sensitive issue, and I understand that there are concerns about various medical decision-making processes. There are concerns by various medical agencies about whether or not people are spreading misinformation. I just want to make it very clear for the sake of this video this is not about the efficacy of any particular medication, proposed medication, measure, etc. This is not about the seriousness of any sort of illness. We're talking about here the basic morality about what is happening right now. Now, a few weeks ago, we did a video on the Illuminati. I know people are waiting for the second half of that, and we had some hiccups with, not hiccups, but some uh, obstacles that we had to overcome with various things going on, and we weren't able to get that done when we wanted to, but I've been getting a ton of messages from people about what's happening right now, especially in Canada. Now, President Biden has made a mandate for uh, mandated inoculations in some capacity, although it looks like a bunch of states are saying no to that, which is good. But here in Canada, where I live, and a lot of our viewers are Canadian, a lot of our viewers are from places like Australia, various parts of Europe as well, we get a lot of feedback from there. And there are certain states that are going through similar things to Canada. And it's something that's very concerning for people. People are worried. They're freaked out. They're not sure if they're going to be able to go to a restaurant with their mother for her birthday, which I know I won't be able to because uh, starting next week, that'll make it illegal. There are people that are worried about whether or not their kids are going to be able to play sports anymore. You know, their kids, uh, even good schools, you know, schools that are not part of the... Um, you know, the Marxist school system, even schools like that are having issues where they're being told that they have to implement policies and they're losing staff. Uh, various healthcare professionals are leaving the field in various places because they're worried about the decisions that they're being told they have to make, even though they don't want to have to make them. And it's a very, it's a very concerning time. I was at a political rally a couple nights ago. It doesn't matter which party, we're not advocating for any party here. But this political rally, is it had to do with the upcoming Canadian federal election, which is happening actually after you watch this. It'll be two days after you watch this. So please pray for Canada because we're at a crossroads right now as a country. And this particular party is um, very much standing for, uh, let's say, the freedom for people to make their own health care decisions. Let's put it that way. That can be a dangerous precedent because people can turn that into something that's pro-choice for reasons of abortion, etc. But that's not what this is about. You know, whatever one may think about any medication, vaccinations, Advil, opiates, steroid inhalers, I mean, pick your thing, people have different opinions about it. We're not talking here about the moral problems, uh, if there is uh, the usage of abortion or something like that, or, or experimentation on unwilling human persons, that's a, that's a problem. We're talking about just the basic efficacy of a medicine. There are various medicines that people debate all the time. There are various medicines where people will decide to take some in some context and not in others. I wrote an article for Crisis Magazine the other day. It's called, um, We're All Anti-Vaxxers Now. <laughs> and I, I laid out the absurdity that somebody who would decide, let's say if there's 20 different inoculations available that someone takes in the span of their life and they decide to take 14 of them rather than 20 of them or something, I don't know. Maybe they take 19. Maybe this is the only one they're not going to take. Who knows? But how crazy would it be for someone to say, well, that makes you an anti-vaxxer? Not that there's anything wrong with people making different decisions. I'm just saying the logic of it is just crazy that's happening right now. Imagine if you said to somebody, you know, 
when I get, and this is personal for me, when I get knee surgeries, I've had three different knee surgeries. It's the joys of playing football and rugby and, and things like that, as you sometimes have to end up in the hospital. I've had three different knee surgeries, two on one knee, one on another. Each time they give me, you know, opiates. They give me Percocet, which is, you know, the equivalent of Vicodin or something like that, I think. I don't know if different countries have different names for them. Anyway, I don't like them. They make my stomach hurt a lot. They make me very nauseous. It doesn't, I mean, it helps with the pain, but I usually take a much smaller dose of what they give me, and then I sort of load up on Tylenol and Advil as well and a bunch of ice and just try to sleep it off and for the first couple of days just grit my teeth because it just it, the feeling that it gives my stomach, it's just I can't handle it. That's my reaction to that. So imagine I said to somebody, I don't take opiate painkillers. How crazy would it be if that person said to me, you must be one of those anti-pain management weirdos. <laughs> it's like, no, I'll take Advil if I, if I want to. It's a, there's just different choices that I have, and they react differently to me because I'm a different person than you, and biology is kind of a complicated thing. Well, that's where we are right now, and that should be, pretty, that should be a pretty clear and easy thing for people to think about. But it's not. And why is that? Well, this goes back to the errors of Russia, and it goes back to what I said about the vaccine passport relationship with the warnings that Our Lady of Fatima gave us, etc. And what does that have to do with each other? Well, you might be thinking to yourself that this whole inoculation certification passport is a new thing, and it's not. You can actually go back to, I'm forgetting the man's name, but he was the Prime Minister of the Netherlands. His name was Abraham something. I think he was a Protestant um, minister or something, but anyway, he was, a, he was a good man, and he was the Prime Minister of the Netherlands in the late 1800s late 1800s, early 1900s. And he had been sort of a public intellectual before that. And at that time, there was a push to have mandatory vaccination certifications in order to participate in public life against serious diseases like smallpox. And a lot of people will tell you that they think smallpox was eradicated largely because of vaccinations. And there you go. Again, people can do their own research on that. We're not taking a position one way or the other. We did do a video interview with an expert on the on the topic was called vaccine information for Catholics. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. But in any case, he wrote, and I'll paraphrase this gentleman, but he wrote, and this is before he was prime minister, there was a push to have mandatory vaccinations. It was part of a larger eugenics movement. And what is eugenics? Eugenics is essentially the idea that you can segregate people or treat people differently based on their genetic characteristics. And sometimes this plays out in racial things. Sometimes it plays out in ethnic things. But it's also often played out with medical things. So, for example, if you look at the English eugenicists, thankfully eugenics stopped in England, uh, largely. A lot of it was because of the efforts of G.K. Chesterton, actually. He was, a, he was speaking out against that in around 1912, 13, 14, around there. There was a push to have similar laws in England that there were in America, where you would basically sterilize the feeble-minded, they were called, which um, in theory meant someone with a severe mental handicap. But in practicality, it was anyone that the judges and the elite deemed to be, you know, quote-unquote, stupid. And uh, there were tons of forced sterilizations that took place in, in states like Indiana, for example, of people who were not, I mean, not that you should ever sterilize anyone who's handicapped. That's not what I'm saying. But it, given the logic of what they were saying, they still didn't fit the bill, but it was just eugenics is an evil philosophy and evil men do evil things with evil ideas. Let's just put it that way. So anyway, this prime minister theologian or whatever he was in the Netherlands, he wrote about the desire of the elites at the time to institute vaccination certification passports, essentially. You can call them whatever you want. 
in the Netherlands. And he was of the opinion, and he wrote this, and I'll paraphrase, but the effects of the passports would be more destructive to society than the disease. And he understood that with every wrong moral decision that we make, we end up creating a greater amount of harm for people than if we do the right moral decision. Now, that sounds obvious to you, a Christian, a faithful Catholic, watching this. You're thinking to yourself, well, of course, I don't do evil to do good. But that's lost in our society, isn't it? That's because we live in a society where the errors of communism, the errors of Russia, have flooded every single area of our academia, of our university worldview, of our public schools, so on and so forth, even in the church, sadly. And we live in a world where we now baseline accept a certain type of utilitarianism. We accept a certain type of consequentialism, the idea that we're going to do what's good for the whole, the greater good, which people confuse with the common good, which is different. They confuse it with the public good, which is different than the common good. But we live in a society where basically we're going to do what's best, according to who, whoever decides what's best, for society as a whole. Which, society is a very abstract concept, because what is society? It's a collection of families, it's a collection of people, unique persons, individuals. So if you harm those families, individuals, in essence, you should be saying that you're harming society. But we have this Marxist, communist, consequentialist, utilitarian, Freemasonic, Illuminati, you know, whatever, Voltaire, uh, Rousseau had these ideas. You know, we have this idea that society is a mass of people, and it can be engineered into a certain direction, very much like evolution. And because of that, we're willing to accept a consequentialist mentality to couple with our collectivist mentality. And the consequentialist mentality is essentially the ends justify the means. You see this with the very myopic focus of the so-called experts who have been in charge of lockdowns. You know, they've deemed the greatest danger to the human race to be a certain respiratory illness. And if a bunch of people die because they missed their cancer screening appointments, that's what they've decided. That's for the greater good of society. They know full well people are dying. They just don't do anything about it. The vaccine passports are just another instantiation of this. Now, whether or not things are going to get as bad as they possibly could remains to be seen. There are certain places where I'm actually surprised that they've become commonsensical. I mean, we all knew about certain places in the world that have dealt with this whole thing in a very uh, reasonable way. And a lot of places didn't at the beginning, but a lot of places have changed their tune, and that's great to see. A lot of places are fighting back against these mandates and so on and so forth. But here in Canada, that's not the case. And we now have political leaders of provinces, especially, even the prime minister, saying really crazy things. I mean, crazy things. Uh, it's, you know, myself having spent uh, six, six, seven years teaching in the publicly funded school system here in the province of Ontario, the amount of literature that we would go through and try to teach our students about segregation and uh, discrimination and all these things that are bad, I'm just so astonished that all these people who have been steeped in the literature that has to do with this stuff for, set, for years, decades of their careers, somehow could just 
turn on a dime like that and become someone who advocates for politicians or ideas that they basically just uh, say, you know, if there's two classes of people, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, so be it. That's just what the experts are telling us, and that's for the greater good. There's no qualitative difference between that line of thinking uh, and the thinking behind something like chattel slavery. Now, the consequences may be worse, or, or yeah, obviously we're not comparing the, the playing out of those two things, but the idea that you could segregate people based on a biological interaction or an interaction with biology, a taking of a medication or not, the idea that you could segregate those people into different classes of society with different privileges, with different freedoms, different rights, it's very astonishing. And right now we're watching our politicians in Canada, and some of them are, are speaking in ways that are very alarming. And they're supposed to be conservative, some of these politicians, whatever that means nowadays. They're saying things like the Premier of Saskatchewan, who's apparently a lunatic like the rest of them, has said, uh, you know, we've been patient with the unvaccinated, but the time for patience is over. What are they going to do? Are they going to take you and strap you down and make you take something you don't want to take? You know, again, the question here is not whether or not a given medication is good or bad. People can make their choices. The question is whether or not we should be forcing people to do something they didn't want to do for various reasons. You even see, for example, medical associations talking about restricting care to people who haven't taken the vaccine. Do you imagine? You could go into the emergency room today in Canada, someone who has lived a life of video games and Mountain Dew and Cheetos and smoking four packs of cigarettes a day and never get any sunlight, never exercise, and be just in terrible health. And if you go into the emergency room with a respiratory illness, as long as you're vaccinated, you will get your care top of the line. But there are doctors suggesting that a person who's of perfect health, let's say they run or exercise or whatever they do, they eat a lot of vegetables and they don't sit in their basement all day and they're just someone who sleeps well and gets a lot of sunlight, drinks a lot of water, whatever. And that person would be deemed unworthy of care, according to some. It makes no sense. And that brings me to, I think, the final thing I'll consider here. I don't know where this thing is going to go. But I do know that we are witnessing... We're witnessing the logical conclusion of the lies and contradictions that have flooded our society over the last few decades. You know, if you look back to the ideas of the old-school communists, they were evil, but they were consistent. <laughs> That's, you know... They would mandate things like exercise. If they wanted their population to be healthy, they'd mandate. And I've been to places like Cuba, for example, and they, um, they mandate various health things uh, as part of their whole health society. You know, If you read books like 1984, which have a lot of truths in them, of course, uh, that's one of the things they do in that communist society as well, is they mandate exercise. Make sure that people are always moving and exercising and eating certain foods, etc. <laughs> But we're not even good at being communists anymore. We are in a place where we're asking small businesses, especially, to implement these measures, to separate families, to have young people take 
greater risks to their health in order to access things that are good for their health, to go to the gym, <laughs> all to avoid what? An overwhelming of hospitals? There are lots of things right now in the world that are labeled pandemics. AIDS, tuberculosis. Did you ever think you get to the point where you would have to show certification in order to go, you know, watch a hockey game? And what does this say about the moral degradation of our society? Well, it says a lot. It's too much to go into right now. But it's clear. The errors of Russia have spread, and especially those that are steeped in communism, of consequentialist morality and the utilitarian philosophy of doing things for the greater good of society. Now, there are some promising things that are happening, which we don't have time to go into right now, but it does look like in some places the house of cards is falling. But we need to pray a lot right now, especially for countries like Canada. We really have to pray for them. We should be praying for the consecration of Russia, of course. We should be doing our first Saturday devotions. We should be doing all the things that Our Lady told us to do as part of the Fatima message, of course. But uh, there's a reason why priests will give specific blessings to people, for example. You know, you ask a priest to bless your family, he doesn't say, I bless all the families in the world. I mean, he could do that, but, but he blesses your family. We need specific prayers in certain parts of the world right now. Canada needs prayers. The province of Ontario really needs your prayers. Um, it's getting to the point now where we're not really sure how we're supposed to live. And there are tens of millions of people in this position. It's not a, not a small amount of people. And there are many people who themselves have accepted the narrative and have taken the medicine, but they still can't stand what's going on because they're not really sure how they're supposed to live in a place like this where you basically now create a caste system. It hasn't got to the point yet where they've told us that we have to take the jab in order to go to church, but I would imagine that various dioceses will do that. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, especially in the winter months, as things always get worse with cold and flu, because that's just what happens every year. Every year there's hallway medicine. Every year there's packed emergency rooms. That's just a reality of living in a wintry nation. So when that happens, if these things don't work the way they've told us they will, which looks like they're not in various countries, if that's the case then what do you think the odds are they're going to say, well, you can't go to Christmas Mass? That's going to put a lot of priests in a lot of hard spots. You've got to pray for the priests in Canada as well, because many of them will crumble under pressure because they don't have the faith. They're basically atheists. Many of them will crumble under pressure even if they have the faith, but they have a false understanding of obedience, and they will obey their bishop into the pits of hell if that means they're obedient. Better to go to hell obedient they never disobey a man and go to heaven and spend time with God. And there will be lots of priests who have the faith, understand obedience, but they're still under the thumb of a bishop as far as their ability to access their flock. I don't know if priests are allowed to go into hospitals in some places if they're not vaccinated. So will that mean that various priests will make the decision to do something they didn't want to do that might for them, does not worth the risk uh, that they don't agree with, but do they take that decision in order to go and give the last rites to people who are dying? I mean, it's not an easy decision to make. It's a very difficult time for Canadians right now. Very difficult. Our Lady warned us of the spread of communism. Here it is. It's been here. 
for 19 months. It's been here for longer than that, but very pronounced for 19 months. It's a very strange form. It doesn't make any sense in a lot of ways. So if we can take any solace in this, let's pray that the contradictions and the inconsistencies are made clear to people. Because the only way out of this situation, which is just the logical conclusion of the errors that have spread through society, the only way out, the only real way out, is by doing what heaven asked. And if the church is not going to do it, at least we can do it. We can do our first Saturdays, we can pray the rosary every day for peace, and we can pray for the conversion of Russia, the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So, pray for Canada, pray that there's a miracle at the election, uh, that something good happens here and common sense starts to prevail. Pray for the strength of people who will be going through this and, and pray for the priests, because we will need it. And try to remain positive, as difficult as it is. If you're in a situation like this, look at it as a time for an adventure. If you can't enter a hockey arena to take your kids to go skating, well, that's why God made frozen ponds. If the restaurants won't let you in, well, that's why God made the kitchen table, and so on. Please visit our website. You can find the link in the description. We'd be happy if you would help to donate to our efforts because it is, it's not free. <laughs> it does cost us a little bit of money to get these videos out, especially in this quality, which I know everyone enjoys. A lot of effort goes into these things, equipment and all that sort of stuff, so please help us out there if you could. You can find the links for that in the description. See, everything we have to help you grow in your faith, and please like and subscribe to this video and this channel to help us grow as well, to, to continue spreading this common sense of the Catholic faith and, this, and the message of Fatima. That's all she wrote for today, my friends. I'm Kennedy Hall. This has been the Kennedy Report, and until next time, God bless.